Hey, this is Cullen Moss, Deputy Shoop from the Outer Banks, and I'm here talking with Elias, the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, ancient, A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Colin, welcome to the cave. Hey, thank you for having me. How are you, man? What's new with you? Oh, you know, um, <laughs> just chilling through this uh, this pandemic. Right, right. How's the, so how's the, how's the quarantine life treating you? I know you've got two young kids, right? I do. I've got yeah. uh, two young ones and one uh, one older an older fella. Um, yeah, I've got a six year old and a four year old, and my oldest is will be seventeen in June. Wow. Um, yeah. How's that going with all this? Well, it's, uh, they've, yeah, it's been just fine. It's been yeah. just fine, Elias. Right. Um, it's, look, we're, we're, we're lucky and, you know, counting our blessings every day for that we are able to weather this in the fashion we have been able to weather it. So the kid, the kids are as good as can be expected. Right. Up in a house with their same boring parents for <laughs> two months. Yeah. And, um, uh, my oldest actually has, he's been in Maryland with his mom. Um, just his school load was such that it just, it was going to be damn near impossible for him to get everything done online with these, with his little brothers screaming around the house. So he's wrapped up the school year in Maryland and uh, he's coming back here at the end of the week, but everything's been good, man. You know, That's just uh, trying to check off the boxes every day. Are they fed? Are they clothed? Okay. Moderately entertained. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I know all about it. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So it's been a little hectic for the last two months. It hasn't it. <laughs> so, man, you've been busy for a long time in the entertainment industry, you know, with film, TV. You've done a little voiceover too, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's a little a, bit of everything. You've done a little bit of everything. And we recently saw you on Outer Banks, Deputy Shoop. Man, what a, what a ride, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, from, from filming to, uh, to when they dropped it on Netflix, um, it's, you know, it, it was a joy working on the show. And I think we all had an idea that, you know, that we were working on something unique and that uh, was going to, that was, that was going to hit, you know, more than one demographic, I think. And, um, but nobody knew that it was going to blow up the way it did yeah. when uh, when it dropped on Netflix. It was just so yeah. We'll 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 talk back to Outer Banks first. You know, I want the listeners to get to know a little more about you. Uh, where are you originally from? Winston Salem, North Carolina. Oh wow! Are you, st- are you still in that area? Where you are? Where are you these days? No, um, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina, where we shot Outer Banks. Um, That's great. Yeah, I, I grew up in Winston Salem. Moved to Wilmington, North Carolina, when I was about 21 with a group of buddies uh, interested in film um, because Wilmington at the time was kind of a film mecca. Um, it was the, the third um, biggest film production uh, hub in the oh, States. Wow. Um, it is no longer, but we had, the, we had a big studio. Anyway, we moved there. I was in Wilmington for like 21 years and uh, about 12 years ago, met uh, 
my wife here that uh and she grew up in charleston south carolina anyway we moved here um almost three years ago it'll be three years in july so like growing up did you have any idea that this is what you wanted to do get into the entertainment industry i i didn't you know i didn't know i knew i knew i want i knew i wanted to act i knew i enjoyed acting um i knew i liked to tell in stories you know i don't know when when that clicked over to, Hey, I could make a living at this. Um, you know, I, it was in the back of my mind when I moved to, to, uh, to Wilmington. Um, but I grew up doing theater. And so I, I grew up knowing that, that it was something I loved. You know, I, like I said, I just, I don't know when, when I thought maybe I could actually do this. <laughs> um, so, but it took me a while after moving to Wilmington to, to get up off my ass and actually engage um, starting off with um, starting off with finding the theater community there that just that uh, enriched me to beyond words. I mean, uh, um, Wilmington has so many good actors and uh, good theater companies there. And um, so finding that was, that was just, there's, I found such growth there within the theater community and um with this uh, i joined a comedy troupe a sketch comedy troupe and um you know got, uh, just kind of found my chops through that and through doing like independent independent film projects little indie shorts and features and then finally uh finally got an agent like geez, 17 18 years ago but like when you were doing theater and anything, like was it always in the back of your head, back of your mind, you know, like, okay, I know I like doing theater, but TV and film is what I want to get into. That would, that was the only way. I mean, yeah, yeah. It was in the back of my head for sure. Um, and not that theater wasn't enough, you know, I mean, theater is very fulfilling to me and still sometimes more fulfilling than working on film and television. But, uh, as a means of <laughs> fiscal support, it's not that. Um, yeah. So, you know, in Wilmington, North Carolina, you're not, nobody's making any money doing theater. And so it's, you do it, you do it for the passion and the love of it. And, um, and then, you know, and then I knew, um, I was like, Hey, film and television, that's, I could, I could do this and make money. Um, so, yeah. How old were you when you got your first gig and what was it? Oh, but man, I was, um, uh, my first professional gig, it might've been 25 or 26. Um, yeah. Tw uh, 20, yeah, I don't want to say 26. Um, what was the first thing I did? I did the first thing that I auditioned for that where to where I went in front of a real casting director, um, like for, for film and television, um, was, uh, was this a short film called the obituary that, uh, Jay, I can't even remember his last name right now. Sorry, Jay. Um, Jay who, uh, worked on, on Dawson's Creek, this guy, um, worked on Dawson's and I knew him through having worked, I, worked at screen gems at the studios there in the lighting and grip shop. So I loaded out equipment, fixed light heads and cable and loaded out equipment for shows. And, um, 
And uh, so I got to know a lot of crew members. Anyway, I got to know this guy, Jay, who came to see me in a good bit of the theater that I'd done. And he came to the comedy show that I was in all the time. And so he, he had written this short and approached me and said, hey, I want you to audition for this thing. And I've got the Finn Cannons um, casting it for me. And um, he said, do you have an agent? I said, no, I don't. But he was like, yeah, we'll just go into the Finn. I'll, I'll set up a, an appointment for you to audition. So I went... <laughs> I went in the middle of on my lunch break um, with Screen Gems. We took the took the golf cart over to the Finn Cannon's office, which at that time they had um, a casting office there at the studio. And the Finn Cannons have done a lot of work in the in the southeast. I mean, they're they're just they're really great people and uh, really get great casting directors. Um, and they they continue to be prolific. And actually, they uh, they're the ones who cast Outer Banks. Um, and righteous gemstones and uh, wow. that's it. but uh so i went there i went to their office and read for this little short film and uh, they asked me if i had an agent and said no and they said well we're you know we're going to be casting cold mountain we want you to come read for it we think you're great uh we're going to contact they, they helped me get my first agent um oh. jta uh out of charlotte north carolina with whom i still work um and so, uh, so that was it. And then maybe like the first big thing, I mean, so I got this short, I got, I, they, I got cast in it. And then Dawson's Creek might've been the first thing. I had a little role in an episode of Dawson's Creek. Um, and then the notebook was shortly thereafter. Um, and then one tree hill. Funny. Like how, how did you like, it seems like you're like a magnet when it comes to like teen drama all of a sudden. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I don't, well, <laughs> that was just time and place, I guess. Wilmington, you know, um, we had Dawson's Creek there, yeah, for uh, for for years, and then um, when they when they left, you know, uh, One Tree Hill, I guess, was looking for a home, and they decided so One Tree Hill started shooting there, and they were both CW shows, I think, or WB shows. Yeah, that's um, right. That's right. And, yeah, so they. Um, WB already knew that, you know, that they'd, they had a nice home for Dawson's Creek there in Wilmington. So then when One Tree Hill came about, that was, um, that worked out. But uh, yeah, (laughs) One Tree Hill was the first like kind of bigger, like bigger role that, that, I mean, I got, I I lucked into this thing, getting in on the ground floor of the show that ran for nine seasons. And I worked every season. I, I wasn't a big character, but it was this peripheral character um i was like 27 when they got when i got cast as what i wrote down on a piece of notebook paper jump mccready 17 year old baller <laughs> and uh and the name was actually junk Moretti. but anyway, i got i got in on that and that was that was nice and certainly opened up some doors for me so while i was doing some research on you i noticed that you you play a lot of cop roles also <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know what it is about about my I don't know just like my I got that fire plug build and maybe a, like just my my big Irish face I don't know something about it just says that's a cop right yeah. hey oh. it's money right you get paid oh, yeah. so you can't hey. complain about it no 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 yeah I've played a lot of cops I played a lot of rednecks. Um, I've got, you know, and unfortunately, in a lot of like period pieces, like not a lot of, not a lot of good white people. So I've played my, my share of racists and 
Um, it's so I'm glad to be kind of getting out of that mold. Um, but, uh, but yeah, r- redneck cops and, um, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> Why not? Right. So we mentioned Outer Banks, like, uh, so like, how did you get involved with this project? It tells about your audition for this. Um, I just like, like so many others is, um, it just came, came down the pipeline. And I think that, I think Shoop was the only role that I read for this show. Um, and that it came through the fan cannons and, you know, all, with almost everything, you just, you get it through your agent. you get an email saying, Hey, you're requested for, to read for this role. And you, everybody self tapes. Now there's, you know, almost the first round you tape something, you email it. So I taped one. I think they had some feedback about it. Gave me another, you know, told, wanted me to adjust it a little bit. And I did, and um, and and I knew anyway. It was I like I knew I was for some reason I knew that they were considering me, but it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a done deal. And um, there was this kind of this perfect storm of incidents that happened where I I got cast in um, in uh, Righteous Gemstones, and. Uh, and I was, and I had been working on an indie feature called The Immortal Jellyfish, uh, which, if it, it should be available to watch soon, it's a fun, fun little movie. But I, I was working on this indie feature, Immortal Jellyfish, down in Alabama, and so I had to work gemstones, and I was going to have to, I was going to have to be in Alabama to fit, to shoot some additional scenes, like the morning after shooting gemstones, and so we worked out this crazy thing where you know, they were going to cut me a little early and, and they were going to provide me with a driver and drive me straight to Gulf Shores, Alabama, you know, so to where I'd like pretty much show up right when I was supposed to start shooting this movie down there. And, um, cause I was trying to have my cake and eat it too. That's a constant struggle. You don't want to have, you know, you don't want one thing to preclude the other. I didn't want to lose either job. So I was like, I'm going to make this work. Um, but fortunately, as we're shooting late into the night and it was becoming apparent that I wasn't going to, I, somebody was going to get shortchanged. I was like, there's no way they're going to finish. They're going to shoot me out of gemstones in time. It's like, so either I'm going to have to bail on them before I finish, or I'm going to have to show up late to set and down in Alabama. But fortunately I got a call from one of the producers in Alabama and then they were like, look, the weather's bad. And I was going to have to be out on a sailboat. Um, and they were like, there's no way we're going to get this stuff with the weather. So they canceled the shoot. So I called the Finn cannons who had, who'd cast gemstones. And I was like, Hey, just, you know, let production know there's no rush and get me out of here. I was in my trailer. I was like, let, let them know there's no rush. The other thing canceled. No worries. I just, so, so I hope you're not, you know? And so when I told Lisa May Finn cannon that she said, well, great. We have a table read tomorrow for, um, for the Outer Banks. Would you be available? And, uh, and would Madison, she asked, my wife would be available. She's like, look, you know, you'd read several roles, but you definitely, you would get to read, it would be a chance for you to read Deputy Shoop again. And, uh, you know, the Netflix brass is going to be there and uh, Josh and Jonas Pater going to be there. So, you know, there, she's like, everybody's going to be there that would need to see that performance. 
And so it was just, it was uh, just happenstance that I had this kind of freebie callback in front of the creators of the show and, um, and the Netflix folks. Um, so we went to the table read and that's what that is. is just like, uh, it's, it's, it's a way for, for the creators to hear something, to hear the, the word. It's the first time they, you know, they're hearing yeah. words off the page so they know what they got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had the first two episodes that we were reading and we got done with the first episode and I, I read Shoop and I read some other roles and uh, everybody was very kind and generous. And then we, we took a break between the two, um, between the two episodes and went into the green room. Everybody was you know, grabbing a snack and a drink or something. And all, you know, all the, the, the stars were in there, the, the kids, um, Chase and Rudy and Jonathan and Maddie and Maddie and Chip Estim. Anyway, they were all in there and they're like, dude, you're you're crushing it with this uh you know you're crushing it with the shoot we um we're you know i don't know if i don't know if it's a done deal or not but you know we're definitely going to talk you up man so they they all told me they were on my you know on my side and we're gonna we're gonna put in a good word for me so that was nice to hear (laughs) yeah uh, to have their support and and um yeah so i mean that was it i got to i got to do it and it was not long after that that i was told um that i had the role Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, like you played a lot of the cop roles. Like, did you find like any like challenges like playing this role compared to the, any other ones you've done? Yes, and gladly so, um, because there's so many. Some look, I mean, when I play like cop number two, who's like, "All right, we'll just make sure it doesn't happen again." There's only so you know, there's only so much you right. can put into something like that. And so, yeah, there were challenges just in trying to. Uh, this one was just well-written and I had an arc. And so I like that kind of challenge. I think, and you know, all, all actors do like that kind of challenge, like to make the challenge is to make a character three dimensional and nuanced and, um, and not just, you know, just what might be on the page. You know, sometimes when you read it, you're like, oh, okay, this guy's a dirty cop. Or, okay. This guy's, this guy's, dirty he's he's he thinks a lot of himself but then you know you want to layer it and so i wanted to and they the writers had this idea that he was going to be kind of ethically uh questionable um, we, th- we thought that when i watched yeah, it i thought that morally questionable for sure and yeah but i think you know as the as the season went on i think he kind of finds he he does kind of find like a, a true North and he's, he does, I think he straightens out a little bit. I think he's, he become, I think he starts to see the light a little bit and, you know, and straighten up for Peterkin and, uh, and even like, you know, start seeing what's, I think he's by the end, I think, um, I think he's made a bit of a turnaround. Is there, is there like anything you would change about him? If you could, um, uh, about, <laughs> I, I think he would, he'd be a little more, <laughs> a little more on the ball of, <laughs> about <laughs> how he uh, secures the perimeter of, <laughs> of a. <laughs> I mean, how many times did he lose John B? Right, uh, right. <laughs> but you know, you wouldn't have, the show wouldn't be what it was if uh, if he didn't. You got to have that cat and mouse thing going on. Who's uh, who's your favorite character on the show? Oh man. Um, 
Uh, I don't know. There, the, um, I well, I like I, I really like um, I like Ward's character because well, I like what Chip does with that. Just uh, because he's you know he has to play that duality, um, you know the he's 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 a dark dude and, yeah he is but but he's got it you know he's it's i i just those are fun roles when you get when you're playing somebody that's got that's two-faced and you've got it you know you're trying you have to decide how good of an actor your character is you know how good at hiding are they so i think that's that's cool just because of the the complexities of the role um i really like um I like Maddie Bailey's character. I like Kiara um, just because, you know, she's kind of a, she's, she's an honorary. She's a Pogue, a Pogue that kind of came, came from Kukland, you know, and yeah. but she's, uh, but she has the heart of a Pogue and, um, and her family's background too, is, you know, that they did, nothing was handed to them. So, um, but I, I like, I like her character and that, the reveal like that she had she had been tight with with sarah and then got dissed and then you know they had that separation and then reunion um and i thought she played uh, that stuff really well what do you think was like your favorite scene that you were in in season one um that sticks out the most for you man uh just one of the favorite scenes might have been, uh, well, the just just be, as in the, the fun of filming it. The first time I board the, um, the first time I board the Pogue, the HMS Pogue or whatever, the, their little boat, and I'm when when John B's underwater, and uh, and I'm like looking around on the boat and I'm telling them they can't be on the marsh, and then I pull the you know the kind of dicky power move of like hey i'm gonna get on this let me let me look around on this boat and um and i do you know and it's the tensions building while he's running out of air underwater that was fun just because it was a gorgeous day out on the water you're with and you know with the kids who are just all so fun to work with anyway and our crew just it was just a great day out on the water with a badass crew and cast and um and it was and it was fun. That was just kind of my first interaction with with the group of kids, where to where, you know, where I got to you know got to play power cop, mm. and uh, and you know show my swagger a little bit, but prove, but also those that was kind of that was a day where, you know, some of it I don't think made it to the show, but where I there were a few comments made that indicated like our history, that it's a small town, and I said something about to Pope about. All right, say hi to your dad or something. I can't, but I don't think it made it made the cut. But they're, you know, they're good. It was that was that was a great day. But another um, really cool scene, just because was telling the kids that we'd lost when back in the tent. Yeah. Um, you know, coming in and giving the kids the news that we can't find John B. I liked that because I got to play. There was a chance for me to play that side of Shoop that does care about it and he's uh, he's not you know he's not he did not try to drive this kid into a storm he and i think at that point he realizes that 
John, that, that John B is not the one, you know, mm-hmm. um, that that's how I played it. And I think, and that, that he realized that, and at that point, the pursuit to get John B was more to get to the truth and to protect him. Um, he realizes that he's in over his head. Um, that Shoop realizes John B's in over his head, but it's something, and I wanted to show that I had sympathy for these kids and they, and they all played it so well. I mean, they're, they're great actors, all of them. I mean, um, Jonathan and Rudy and, and Madison. I mean, they just, it was a, it was just a good intense scene. And I felt like, um, I felt like I could kind of round out Shoop a little bit and showing that, he actually, you know, that he's got a heart. <laughs> yeah. So we mentioned earlier, like, you know, when this premiere, man, it like, like in less than what, 24, 48 hours, it like skyrocketed to like number one on Netflix. Like, yeah. Like, what, what was the reaction from like, like your close friends and family after seeing that and watching the show? Uh, everybody, you know, everybody's excited for me. I got a good, I got a, um, I've, I've got a good support system man. I've got great friends who are always, um, in family who, who, cheer me on and um yeah everybody was really excited about it um you know and it's and and i and i've got uh you know a lot of my actor friends too um where you know even though we a lot of us we read for the sometimes we read for the same roles like we're we're each other's competition but yeah yeah but we're also each other's fans and uh and cheering (laughs) cheering section too so you know, whenever something good happens for any of us, we're, we're happy for them. So yeah, everybody was excited. That's great. That's great. It's like, so how many years total have you been acting? Uh, professionally? Yeah. About 18, I would say. So it has been a long, long road. Um, you know, and it's only, you know, it's, that's why it's crazy for me to look, to see like how young these the the leads of Outer Banks are, and yeah. to see it happening, you know, to see this this how quick it's happening for them, and I think it's wonderful. But it's that's that's so different even from back in the day, like you know Dawson's Creek or One Tree Hill. These shows like that they didn't drop the season all at once, and so it took. There's this slow build, right for for gaining uh, viewers and fans with, uh, with shows, you know, on the network system. Um, but now with streaming platforms, you know, everybody can binge it. And these, like, these guys are overnight success. So um, that's amazing. But so for me, yeah, I've been at this, like I said, 18 years um, or more. <laughs> and uh, and only, it's only been like within the past, like, four years that I've been able to um, not have a supplemental job that it's just where acting's all, all I do. That's awesome. And so that's, that's great. But it took, but I mean, you know, it took 14 years of, of <laughs> hacking away at it to, um, to get to that point. And it's just, you know, when you do get to that point, you're just kind of like, well, I hope I stay there. <laughs> you, you mentioned you mentioned self tape earlier. Like, what do you enjoy more? Like, or what do you like? What do you prefer more, self tape or like auditioning in front of people? Um, that God, that's 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 a tough one. I do. I I enjoy auditioning in front of people 
more. I think that, um, and I, I'm lucky that I got in when I started, I got in at a point where that's how you did it. Still, um, you generally, um, you would go to the casting director's office and you would meet the casting director and you would audition for them there. And so that's, I got to, I, you, I had a good foundation to create, it was a good way to create relationships with these casting directors early on, uh, like with the, the Finn Cannons and with uh, Tracy Kilpatrick and Jackie Birch. Um, it was just, it was nice to get to get in on that, at that level. But now, um, so that's nice because, you know, they get a sense of who you are and not just, not just what they're seeing on, on their computer screen. And so <laughs> that could be a blessing for some and a curse for others, I guess. <laughs> like if, yeah. if you're an asshole, uh, <laughs> well, oh, well, now they know. Um, but, uh, but for, so that's a nice, it's a, it, that's a cool experience. And also like in person, if they have, if there's something that they want to change that, you know, they, they'll throw some direction at you and it's a, you know, you have a chance to, to alter your performance uh, for, uh, for them. So that's cool to, to have that opportunity, but that's what callbacks are for. And they do, you know, you do you self tape and then you get a, you know, either they'll cast off tape or you get a callback and callbacks are a great opportunity to, uh, to prove yourself in front of usually a director, whatever there. But the advantage of self taping is you, you can fuck up. Um, right. You know, you, and, and I do take advantage of that. Um, especially like with these, you know, if you get something meaty, like with a lot of dialogue, it's, it, it is nice to be able to have a few, a few swings at it. Um, it, you know, getting everything right. And then, reviewing the material before moving on seeing the scene so you can send as polished of a product as you want and to casting i mean you can you can work at it till you can over you can certainly overthink it that that can be a problem with self-taping because i can i've had sessions where i've gone hours just because i'm like ah, yeah that's not quite right it's you know i could mm. i could i could change this beat just a little bit and usually it doesn't matter <laughs> but uh, have you ever have you ever walked out about like an audition like that and like hours later like you start like you know like cursing yourself and like they're like oh man i should have done it this way or you wake up in the time. middle of the night just thinking about it all the time yeah, yeah. and it, um and i think and i think it's good i think that's healthy um you know you don't want to you don't want to carry it <laughs> you don't want to like carry it around your neck right you know uh but it's good to you know if if, if you're not doing that, then you're not, then you're not growing. I mean, try to go, you know, I think it's important to try to go in with, with things narrowed down and not, you know, where you, you've decided, okay, that you try this, don't try that. But certainly um, I've left auditions, auditions, like doing exactly what you said. And I've left, um, I've gone home at the end of a day of shooting uh, once I've had a job and gone, ah, damn it. You know, why didn't I, <laughs> why didn't I take this moment? Why didn't I do, ah, I could have played it this way. That would have been fun and more interesting than whatever I just gave up and did. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, those, those moments are abundant. Mm. So like you said, you, you know, we, we talked about Outer Banks, how like you worked with a younger cast. You ever had like any of the young cast come up to you for advice? Cause you've been in the game longer. 
Not so much. Um, no, you know, Rudy, Rudy was really, uh, was really sweet. And he had uh, like, he asked me, I can't, it wasn't, I don't want to make it sound like, um, like, I, like I'm some sage or anything or like the, the kids. I mean, we were all kind of operating on a peer level really, you know, on set and like we had fun together. And, um, but I, I remember Rudy coming up to me at one point and being like, man, you've, you know, you've done this. What am I, you know, what, what do you got? What, what, what do you do? What do you, what's your, what's your thing? You know, how do you know? Am I, I think I'm, I feel like I'm doing this right. Am I doing this right? And, and uh, I was like, man, yeah, you're, you're doing this great. And, um, so no, I mean, no, but they're, they're, they didn't come to me for advice. Jonas, um, our, who's our director most of the time, he, um, and the creator of the show, uh, along with Josh Pate and, um, uh, and Shannon Burke, um, Jonas was very open and, and, and he's, and he's just got such a young spirit. So it's like with these kids, he was very open with these kids and like, and, and, and I'd say kids, that's not meant in a, any derogatory way. It's just cause I feel old. Um, but, uh, he, uh, he worked with them intense, intensively and let them, you know, the, made, wanted, wanted, um, the actors to come through and kind of, and, and bring themselves to it and um and that's that's a smart way to do it and they did and he allowed for a lot of improv um so you know they had jonas there keeping them um you know i'm not going to say keeping them in check but he's a good director mm. and so shit, i didn't have much to add to to whatever they already came in with um but yeah i think rudy was the only one that ever really asked and I was like man you don't need my advice you're doing just fine <laughs> you're doing great but and my advice is always just so trite and like I say no you know just just believe it you believe it <laughs> you know like you know we're, we're we have such a cool weird job we're all just pretending that this stuff is happening to us and pretending to be other people and <laughs> and wanting you know and uh wanting to make it true have uh, have they given you guys any like any timeline when when you think you're going to start filming season two with everything that's going on? No, and um, I've heard rumors. You know, I know like there was uh, originally like some someone said maybe they were going to shoot for July, and I, like we still haven't even gotten unless we have. Um, but the last I talked to Jonas, we still hadn't even gotten the official go ahead for season two from Netflix. Oh, wow. and, and now it seems like a foregone conclusion because some, nothing's going to have this, see this kind of success and not get a second season, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, with, with the pandemic, it's who no, nobody knows what the, the next thing is, what that landscape of continuing production is going to look like. It's just uh People are experimenting with it and, te you know, testing some, um, there are people that are, that are in production now and making it work and trying to do it safely. So they certainly, you know, but I've heard July. I don't know how realistic that is. I have, yeah, I have no idea. Is there any other projects that you got coming out that you've already finished? Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, I got to work on the Underground Railroad um, 
which is an adaptation, uh, Barry Jenkins adapted and directed um, this adaptation of the Colson Whitehead novel um, about a, a runaway slave and the Underground Railroad. And it, anyway, there's like some um, kind of, uh, what, what do you call it? Magical reality. I, um, anyway, it's, it's a beautiful story. Barry Jenkins, brilliant. And I got to work on a couple episodes of this and that'll be um, a limited series for Amazon Prime. I'm not sure when that's coming out. We wrapped that just before the shit hit the fan with the, with the, with the COVID. Right. Roni. Um, and then um, I, I was working on a Showtime series called Your Honor. Um, Brian Cranston leading in the lead there and he's one of the executive producers on that um really cool intriguing drama uh for showtime but i was two days from going back to new orleans to shoot um an episode on that before production shut down because of coronavirus so i feel like i had i still had at least an episode on that to go but that whenever that happens um I'll be on the show, Your Honor, playing a cop uh, <laughs> <laughs> with uh, a plain clothes. Though I'm I'm Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Cunningham and that thing. But um, yeah, I had a, I've got those things coming out. There's an indie feature um, that we just we premiered at Berlinale, the uh, Berlin Film Festival, called One of These Days with. Um, uh, the the leads were Carrie Preston and Joe Cole, writer director Bastian Gunta. Um, it's a really cool uh, feature. That's uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, so that it was it was going to go to um, South by Southwest, and again, <laughs> that was right before everything. I was just in Germany before all this stuff, like as the coronavirus was brewing and you know, we got back and everybody was ready to go to South by Southwest and then, you know, click the switch, no South by. So we'll see what happens with that film. Uh, Colin, lastly, uh, how can the listeners find you on uh, social media? It it ain't hard. Um, (laughs) I'm Colin Moss on Instagram. um, Cause that's my name. Um, So, (laughs) That's uh, and uh, and I'm on Twitter. I'm not I'm not that present on Twitter, but I'm there. I I pop in and out. Um, I do stuff. Yeah, I'm Cullen Moss on Instagram, and I think that's what I am on Twitter. Where am I? Yep, I'm at Cullen Moss on Twitter. Yeah, Colin, yeah. This, this was fun. Thank you for coming on. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, fun talking. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.